resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal soul in weakness, raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed of God. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my Savior, ready to live in glory land. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal free from every imperfection. Youthful and happy, I shall be. Lost in victory. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed, never stand. There'll be no more sorrow. No, no more pain, pain. There'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in of his likeness. Ready to live. I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Trump of God shall sound. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal grace. All bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the reading of God to stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning and good evening. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. I am your host, Bruce Kessler. And I just want to let you know I'm a follower of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him I find peace, joy, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about can I get a witness? Amen. Can I get a witness? But first, a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Well, get this, folks. Get this. A Connecticut statewide policy that allows biological boys who identify as girls to compete in girls-only sports violates Title IX. The Trump Department of Education has ruled. Mm-mm-mm, folks. At issue is a policy by the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference, state's governing body for interscholastic athletic, 
permitting transgender girls to compete in girls-only events without taking testosterone-suppressing hormones is required on the NCAA and international levels. As a result, two biological boys have won more than a dozen Connecticut girls' state titles. The Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights, OCR, in a May 15th letter that became public Thursday ruled that the policy violates Title IX, a 1972 law prohibiting discrimination based on a sex in education programs and activities. Female athlete, athletes are treated differently under the Connecticut policy than our male athletes, the OCR ruled. Female student athletes were denied the opportunity to compete in events that were exclusively female, whereas male student athletes were able to compete in events that were exclusively male. By enforcing the policy and allowing biological males to win female-only events, CIAC denied female student athletes athletic benefits and opportunities, including advancing to the finals and events, higher-level competitions, awards, medals, recognition, and possibility of greater visibility to colleges and other benefits. The Alliance Defending Freedom filed the complaint on behalf of three female athletes in 2019. Christiana Halcombe, legal counsel of Alliance Defending Freedom, said the Connecticut policy destroyed girls' athletic opportunities. Males will always have inherent physical advantages over comparably talented and trained girls. That's the reason we have girls' sports in the first place. In light of the department's letter, we're asking Connecticut schools and the CIAC to update their problematic policies and comply with federal law. There you go, folks. Complex, but schools that let boys compete in girls' sports violate Title IX Trump administration rules. Woo! We, I'm afraid we haven't heard the last of that, folks. Well, in other news across the country, get this. Pro-life groups within Texas are claiming victory after the ACLU and two pro-choice groups dropped their lawsuits against seven towns that had declared themselves to be sanctuary cities for the unborn. Get that, folks. Get that. The ACLU of Texas said this week it was dropping the lawsuit after the seven towns removed language within their ordinances that called pro-choice groups and abortion clinics criminal organizations. Language within the ordinances calling the towns sanctuary cities for the unborn will remain also unchanged language that calls abortion murder and the purposeful and intentional ending of human life. And that says babies are the most innocent among us and deserve equal protection under the law as any other member of our American posterity as defined by the United States Constitution. The city council has found, Naples, Texas, has found it necessary to outlaw human abortion within the city limits. In addition to Naples, the other Texas towns are Wescombe, Joachim, Tanaha, Rusk, Gary, and 
Wells. This is a total and complete victory for the cities that have enacted these ordinances. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. Complete victory. ACLU drops suit against pro-life sanctuary cities for the unborn. Well, how about that, folks? How about that? Well, get this. Get this. A Mississippi pastor says he and his congregants will pray for the person who set their church on fire last week. The arson attack seems to stem from the church's refusal to shut down for in-person gatherings during the pandemic. The church was badly damaged. Bet you stay home now, you hypocrites, the graffiti message said. Pastor Waldrop had filed a lawsuit against local officials claiming that law enforcement had overruled state restrictions put in place because of the pandemic. The governor of Mississippi said that the churches were essential and could stay open. Waldrop says in his lawsuit that police interrupted a Bible study at the church and later an Easter service. After the Easter service was disrupted, Congress went to a nearby Walmart to prove a point that meetings were permitted in stores but not in churches. It says the church has followed social distancing rules and held services outside when possible. We continue to worship together and to fight together for our and every American's right to, to partake in the blessings of freedom. There you go, folks. Mississippi pastor says he is praying for the person who burned down their church. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. That's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, this day in church history. Jerome of Prague was a follower of John Huss the reform of a Bohemia. The Council of Constance burned Huss despite a promise of safe conduct by Emperor Sigismund. Jerome recklessly ventured to Constance himself, where he was also captured, tried, and sentenced to death. On this day, 1416, he was burned to death. He went to the stake with a smiling face. When the faggots were lighted, he sang the Easter hymn, Hail Festal Day, and protested his innocence. His last words were in Bohemian, Father God, forgive me my sins. Among Jerome's words at the stake was this warning to his persecutors. You condemn me, though innocent, but after my death I will leave a sting in you. I call on you to answer me before Almighty God within a hundred years. Mm, 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 folks, wow. Mm. In 1822, on this day in church history, a slave betrays plans for a massive uprising planned by African Methodist preacher Denmark Vesse in Charleston, South Carolina. 131 African Americans were arrested, and Vesey's church is closed. Some of the plotters will be executed and others deported. Well, folks, seems like we still have problems 
with racial tensions even to this day. And that's this day in church history. And now we have named that Bible character. We have a little bit of fun here, folks. So here is your clue. I am the mountain where Aaron died. What mountain am I? Here's your clue one more time. I am the mountain where Aaron died. What mountain am I? We'll reveal the answer to this tantalizing clue in our final segment of Name That Bible Character following our study segment. So stay tuned for that, folks. Stay tuned. And now we have our study segment for this broadcast. Turn with me, if you will, in Romans chapter 8. Get you a cup of coffee. I have mine with me this morning. It's a beautiful morning, beautiful day to be alive. And to read the Word of God. We're still working in Romans chapter 8. So let's turn there. Romans chapter 8, friend, brother and sister in Christ. And let's start reading at verse 15. We're going to go from 15 to 17. So let's read. Starting in verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Amen. What a set of powerful and just awesome verses that really just points to our position in Christ Jesus, describes who we are. And the title of the study this morning I have is, Can I Get a Witness? Amen. Can I Get a Witness? Well, verse 16, that's where we're going to concentrate on. And it's there, let's re-familiarize ourselves with this passage again. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So let's get about three takeaways that helps clarify what it means to when he says the Spirit Himself bears witness. How does the Spirit bear witness? How does the Spirit testify about who we are? See, we have to understand that the description here is not that the Holy Spirit is going to speak some kind of uh, language necessarily, it's, but it's going to testify by action. These action-oriented things that can show very clearly that we are children of God. And the first really goes back to the verse 15 when it says, But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. This circled that word cry because that indicates a change of heart. It points to this childlike dependence that we all should have uh, towards our God, our Father. It should recognize this change of heart, this heart that's humbled and yearns and turns to God and looks to Him 
as we look to our human father for everything, for guidance, for security, for help. You need to follow, I need to follow. We need the work of the Spirit to testify that that is our heart's desire. And it's a testimony, our dependence on God the Father. The point here is that, that this person is authentic in their need, in their desire, in their total trust in and dependence in God the Father. And that's a change that people can see because of what is working in the heart of the believer. So that's the first thing. The cry, the authentic change, the childlike dependence. Number two, the second takeaway is how that the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The second way that that happens goes back even further in Romans chapter 8 when he says in verse 13, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You see, remember, this is all not just by words the Spirit is testifying of what is going on, but it's the actions. One of those powerful actions in the life of the believer, the life of a Christian, is putting to death the sins of our lives. Putting to death is that transforming heart that is at work. It is this pure hatred in, in the believer of any sin in our lives. And it's this constant work, this constant effort, this constant battle, this constant war that is going on in the believer that he is removing all of these sinful desires of the flesh. So that's the second takeaway from this powerful verse in verse 16 of Romans chapter 8. And the third way, the third takeaway that describes the spirit, bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, comes in the verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. You see, everything is rooted in Christ Jesus. Uh, back in uh, John chapter 15 and verse 26, it says this, but when the helper comes, whom I was, it's Jesus speaking to the disciples, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. So everything is about Christ. Everything about who we are is about, that's what the Spirit is witnessing about. There's The evidence is that our worldview, our mindset, all of who we are, we are followers of Christ and Christ alone. It's, it's, he is our life and everything that comes from our hearts and minds and every action is rooted in the fact that it's all about Jesus Christ. Amen. Which really began in verse 1 of Romans chapter 8. There, 
therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You see, everything is rooted. We are heirs of Christ, with Christ. And verse 3, even, it says, God is done with the law, weakening by the flesh cannot do, but by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. Everything about our lives is a description of who we are in Jesus Christ. And it bears when the Spirit bear witness of that testimony of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Fellow heirs with Christ. Amen, folks. And so those are the three takeaways that helps us understand the Spirit's witness, not by words, but it's a testimony of action. If you remember, number one, it's about this authentic childlike dependence that we can cry of a father. Number two, that we put to death the deeds of the body. It's life transforming. We have a pure hatred of sin in our lives. And then number three, we are heirs of Christ. Everything is rooted in Jesus Christ. And so that's our powerful study for this morning that originates from the passage here, Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. And if you don't have that testimony, friend, then you need to come to terms about who you are in Christ Jesus. You need to reflect. You need to change. You need to turn to him for dependence. You need to start putting to death the deeds of the body. You need to be rooted in Christ Jesus and become an heir of Christ himself. And now we have named that Bible character. Here was your clue. I am the mountain where Aaron died. What mountain am I? Mount Hor. That's right, folks. Numbers 33, verse 38. And Aaron the priest went up to Mount Hor at the commandment of the Lord, and he died there. In the fortieth year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, on the first day of the first of the fifth month. I am the mountain where Aaron died. What mountain am I? Mount Hor, and name that Bible character. Well, friend, you too can become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you come to him in repentance and baptism and accept him as your Lord and Savior, you can find peace, joy, happiness, and be blessed beyond measure. My goal here has been very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Well, visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I want to tell you this. Thank you for listening. And may God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. 
Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord has died for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord has risen for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord is living for you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory, hallelujah. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you.